Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Well, here we are again. Welcome to the campfire. Indeed. I'm Peggy. I'm Tony. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. It is so awesome to be here with you. Some of you are in states where you have been able to go camping all along. We have not been able to go for four months. Four months to the day. Yeah. But we did. It was so exciting. We got a super chance to go camping on a friend's property. And we had a great time and very relaxing time. And we loved it. And we can't wait to get out and go again. Yeah. So we're not going to wait. And we're going to go to a Harvest Host site. And that's going to happen this week. So we will be... Harvest hosting. Harvest hosting. <laughs> or well, actually, harvest hosting. Yeah, I guess we'll be harvest hosties. <laughs> but in the week in between, I cleaned the awning. Yeah. <laughs> Looks really good. So we had left it out, or we had left it wet, which happens in the wintertime. You can't really open it up and dry it because it's always raining. And so there was a significant amount of mildew. So I did some research and I was able to use our bathroom cleaner called Tub and Tile and let it soak for a little while. And with a wet mop, I was able to just rub that mildew right off of the awning and it's looking great. We could do a jingle. We use tub and towel, let it sit for a while. <laughs> the awning's cleaning and now I smile. <laughs> there you go. Wow. All right. I apologize Next week's ad. <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> so anyway, when we put our awning out this weekend, it's going to look all shiny new and wonderful and smell good and everything. People will be impressed, except for they won't be able to see it because we're going to be still socially distant. But... <laughs> At least we'll be impressed. I'll show you some pictures. Yeah, there'll be pictures. So we mentioned that we are going to take advantage of Harvest Hosts. And some of you have signed up through our website this week. So thank you. We hope you get a lot of value out of it. We have. We We really enjoy it. Especially because there's like a thousand locations across the country. And many, many of them have been open through this time period. Yes. And they are those kind of places that you want to show off on Instagram. So if you follow us on Instagram, you will see our pictures from Harvest Host and our clean awning. Right. (laughs) If you have not yet signed up for Harvest Host, you get a discount by signing up through our website. So go to www.stresslesscamping.com. There's a whole discounts and deals section there. Well, I am the very first to admit when I was wrong. You were wrong. Well, I was, but I wasn't. You weren't wrong. Right. Last (laughs) week, we gave some advice on how to clean your black tank. And it's a method I've used and it has been been highly effective but we learned something this week we did we learned something from don zimmerman from tank techs rx yeah and that's the chemicals that we use and well i guess they're not really chemicals they're probiotics they're enzymes yeah yes. enzymes mm-hmm. so well you know what without any further ado don zimmerman from tank techs rx don thank you very much thank for, you for joining being us here. no thank you for inviting me don is an expert in the field of RV holding tanks, so much so 
that he created a product that we use in our holding tank that we think is fantastic. Our sensors actually work properly. <laughs> and that's that's saying a lot. So, Don, tell us a little bit about RV Tank Techs. Okay, RV Tank Techs uh, was developed after my frustration of figuring out that nothing else worked. I personally have cleaned over 13,000 RV holding tanks, and I can tell you in a minute what kind of chemical or enzyme has been put in by what's coming out. And I found out very quickly that everything that I thought I knew in 2005 from reading the advertising wasn't actually what was happening in the tank. We use fiber optic cameras and uh, we found the first thing that just stunned us. We knew what the odor was. That's pretty obvious. But the sensors were being knocked out by what we finally found out was struvite. It looked like the interior of the tanks was coated with cement. And through a process of experimentation and an accidental discovery, we found a probiotic company that worked with us, and we developed a product that would clean the tanks effortlessly because you don't have to empty the tank 100% anymore. You don't have to ever want to rinse it out because we're using a natural mother culture to clean the tanks. It works totally different than anything else that's ever been on the market before. One of the issues that you have with chemicals is not only are they bad for the environment, they're so bad the state of California is banning all chemicals in January 2022. So that's about 18 months from now. And most of the products are going to disappear in California. As California goes, so goes the nation. But it's contaminating the groundwater terribly. And it's not doing any good for the waste treatment centers. It's bad stuff. And there's a lot of formaldehyde and other nasty chemicals in some of these RV holding tank products. Yeah. And when it says on the, on the label cannot be made non-toxic, you ought to believe it. (laughs) It's bad for it. What we use is all natural probiotics that are the same things, the exact same probiotics that you find in yogurt. We blend them in a different way. We have a patented process, but the, the key to the success is we're the only product that when you put it in, it actually grows in the tank. So it develops a mother culture. It takes the first time you put it in about 72 hours to maximize in the tank. But after that, you can just leave it go as long as you want to, because every time you flush the toilet, you just fed it. Hmm. All the other chemical products, every time you flush the toilet, you diluted it. And all you're doing is diluting the deodorant that's in it. So at some point or at some temperature, it's not going to be effective anymore. And it's not really good for the environment. It's just a totally different approach. It will consume the solids all the way down to liquid. We have it in a septic tank where you actually can't get it out of a septic tank. And my first tank that I put it in in 2006 to this day, 14 years later, is odorless and has nothing but water in the tank, no sludge. And we measure it constantly to see if sludge ever grows. And no sludge in that septic tank for 16 years. Wow. Now, what kind of harm, you know, usually people go to the RV store or they go to online retailers and they buy those treatments that they throw in the tank and those actually you have your experience with all those thousands of tanks you've cleaned they actually are causing harm yeah the major harm comes from the pure chemical base and there's certain chemicals that will crystallize in toilet paper when we go out on a job because i have another company that i founded that cleans rv holding tanks and unplugs tanks and when I get to a RV that was plugged, I would ask the owner, 
what did you use? And I list four chemicals. They're very popular on the market. And they'd say, why do you ask? And I say, your tank wouldn't be plugged if you weren't using one of those chemicals. 99 times out of 100, they came out with one of those four bottles. Wow. And it was amazing. They said, but this stuff is rated as the greatest stuff on earth. I said, well, <laughs> maybe it is, but it wrecked your sensors. And uh, when I clean it, it sounds like a cement mixer coming off because hmm. it's knocking chunks of what looks very much like cement right off the walls. Now, my product will soften that up and slough it off the walls and consume it. It takes a little bit of time because that could be anywhere from newspaper thick to cardboard thick in the inside, or even I've seen it up to two inches thick in the bottom of a tank. Wow. Yeah, you have some interesting videos on your website, which we will have a link to on our show notes but there are some interesting videos where you show cleaning out some of these holding tanks and the solid matter that comes out. You're right. It looks like sort of like chocolate concrete. (laughs) Okay. I'll go with that. (laughs) And it's so common that it's probably one of the most common things that our viewers experience is after one or two trips out, the holding tank sensors no longer work. And I, I know a lot of people who have replaced theirs or there's external sensors and such, but really it's better to solve the problem than the symptoms. Yeah, that doesn't do any good to re- replace the external sensors with that because I've talked to the companies that make some really, really nice external sensors. And they said, well, we are calibrating ours to read through a half inch of sludge. I said, well, how do you read through struvite? And their answer was, what's struvite? So what is struvite? It's the crystallization of the ammonia and methane gases. Some of it is actually quite pretty, not jewelry story pretty, but (laughs) it shines. It depends upon what was in the tank of, of what you can see. But it is, as I've had people insist that somebody dump concrete into their tank and said, no, that's just struvite. Wow. It exists in every wastewater treatment plant in the world. It was discovered in 1849 in Germany by a guy named Von Struve. Hmm. And so they honored him by calling it after him. Every wastewater treatment plant has a crew that deals with nothing but struvite in the pipes. Wow. Yeah, we have a friend who worked in a big wastewater treatment plant, I think in Oakland or somewhere in the San Francisco Bay Area. And the stories he tells about the things that they had to do, it's definitely not something you want to talk about over lunch. (laughs) At 3,000 PSI in a microchip jetter, it takes me five, 10 minutes to just grind a hole in it to pop it out. And sometimes it's so thick, we tell the customer, look, let's get the tank cleaning and running, and then we'll come back after we treat the tank, we'll come back in a week and blow it out because our product will take and soften it enough that I can blow it right out. It clogs the hoses. I've got as much as 40 pounds of struvite out of a tank. Holy cow, that's a lot of extra weight and less capacity of your tank. Right. It does nothing good for your tank. And I've run into so many people that say, oh, those sensors never work. And I go to the same thing. What did you use? And I'll list those four chemicals. And they'll say, yeah, I use this one. I say, they will take your sensors out in about two to three weeks. Wow. One or two trips and they're gone. Do you have a chemical background? How did you discover the formula of Tank Tex RX? Absolute desperation. <laughs> it's a funny story. I was at uh, Happy Trails, which is a upper you know, five-star resort here in Arizona. And I'm cleaning a, a tank out. And the odor is, as you can imagine, when you put it at 3,000 PSI, the odor is blowing the uh, five o'clock crowd away at the party next door. <laughs> yeah. And a lady came up to me and says, you need what we used in Japan in the squatty potties. 
I said, what was it? She said, I don't know what it was, but we just poured a couple drops and it took the odor out. So with the help of the internet and a lot of searching, I went to, you know, the Japanese sites and everything. Long story short, I found a company and a man that had heard the same story and gone to Japan and got his PhD from the man who made it. He made this product originally to deodorize hog farms. And I said, if you can deodorize a hog farm, you can take care of a tank. All I cared about was the odor at that time. So it was an eight-year, quarter of a million dollar process uh, working with them to say, all right, these are the parameters. This is what it has to do. And they they did whatever they did. And I've got some world internationally famous microbiologists that put this all together for me. And it took me three years for even to answer my phone call. Hmm. Because wow. when I experimented with some of their stuff, I said, I know we can do this. They finally did it. And uh, we're really good friends now. <laughs> <laughs> they are absolutely brilliant people. And if you tell them what you need them to do, if it's possible to do it, they'll figure out how. You were going in and actually pressure washing these tanks. You're seeing now if someone uses your product that you're basically putting yourself out of business. <laughs> That's what everybody told me. And, and I've trained people. I, I actually wrote the manual and submitted it to Reva because I think no tank should have to be in that condition. And I wrote a manual with video backup within three hours of training. You can know how to do this. It's not rocket science. There's some things you better know where you're going to get yourself hurt because you're dealing with 3000 PSI. You can bust stuff, but we have a program to teach people how to do that. But the Tank Techs RX does the exact same thing in a tank. It takes longer. We have a lot of uh, dealers here in the Southwest that just bring my technicians in every week and clean their used units because they don't have the time or the desire to wait for the product to work. They want them clean and the sensor's working when they sell it. Sure. We developed the product and uh, we continue to develop it and other products that we're going to be bringing out in the fall, traveling with pets that are all probiotic based. So these obviously will continue to be available in California after all the new rules go into place. Yeah, the the issue for California is going to spread across the country. The problems they're experiencing in California, they're experiencing here in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, and Henderson, Nevada, where they're looking for, they're trying to stop the pollution of the groundwater and the contamination with these chemicals. I was reading through the law and they list the requirement is going to be every park where they have boats dumping or RVs dumping or any kind of containment system, porta potties even, that will have to post a sign that says, if you're using any of these chemicals that are non-biodegradable, and California is defining what is non-biodegradable. I'm in the process of doing that now. But it's basically everything they're currently using. And they're going particularly after the deodorants because most of the companies will put in an enzyme which will break stuff down into a sludge. Then they have to add a deodorant because when it breaks it down, it's forming that rotten egg smell. And you've got, you know, that's part of the natural process. And so they deodorize it. We use a different type of bacteria to break it down that consumes the odor. When I discovered this product, when I used to clean a uh, tank, the odor would be horrendous. I would hand the bottle to the owner of the coach and say, would you go inside and pour this in? You know, just, just pour an ounce of it in. And by the time they came back out, there was no odor coming out of wow. that tank. Wow, that's impressive. And we had people saying that we were ready to throw up. It was so bad. And, and instantly, it's gone. I can give you the technical reasons for why that happens, but it happens. (laughs) (laughs) We've used your product and we heard about your product from a guy who cleans holding tanks. And he said, this is the stuff to get. And we did. And he's right. It's been working ever since. It's a pleasure to have you here. The guy who discovered this because it's a product that we can vouch for. It works very, very well. 
and our sensors do work in our tank. Yeah. I was not aware that you're supposed to not completely drain the tank. I have a tank flush and I've been using the tank flush and all that and then just adding more Tank Techs RX when I start over. You're working too hard. <laughs> when I am doing my shows for RBIA, well, I do it at all of them. I tell them that the proper way to, to clean your coach and, and I pick up my bottle like this. And say, you take this bottle and go like this, pour in your coach, and then go sit down in front of your TV and watch your favorite show, have your favorite drink. And if somebody tries to bother you, say, don't bother me. I'm cleaning my holding tank. <laughs> and I'm, I'm communing with nature so that the bacteria will do what it's supposed to. That doesn't fly anywhere but in Sedona. In Sedona, they like that. They have rocks up there you can go lay on, but heal you. Right. Right. I haven't tried it yet, but hey, if I'm sick, it's worth it. (laughs) It it is a natural process. When you drain your tank, you just drain the mother culture out. Why would you want to do that? I wasn't aware of that. On the instructions, and and we have the pull-out labels, and we have a billion videos. Instead of starting over, just pull the handle. When it gets down to about an inch that you can see in your clear view adapter, shut it. Go ahead and put in two capfuls. So you only use two ounces on your first tank of the season. And then you can use two capfuls from then on as long as you don't flush it out or drain 100%. Because it's the mother culture you want. Because actually, you want to keep the A team on the field. And you add the uh, B team, which is the concentrate for security after you've drained it. It doesn't matter how long you leave it. It will go. We've left it up to one year. Wow. All they did was clean the tank. Now, if you didn't use your tank, we have this problem more with the boats because people might not use their boats for months and months at a time. And right. I say, now, when you go use your tank, which they're reticent to do because they don't like to clean them because you can't empty a boat tank. It's a suction and there's always two inches in the bottom. But I encourage them very much. When you go to visit your boat during the off season, use the head. You've got to feed it. And it wants for lunch, whatever you had for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's interesting. So it's a whole different way of dealing with your holding tanks. And I can see why there is a lot of noise about people not even wanting holding tanks or not using the restroom in their RVs at all. And predominantly, I believe that's because of smell. And we don't have any smell. I was always surprised when I emptied the tanks you don't smell them now i know why scientific test it reduces the odor by a factor of about 80 percent it can't reduce it to 100 percent because if you reduce it to 100 percent you would have lost all the food base and it would die because it's starved to death but 80 percent is beyond the smell of all men and most women (laughs) boy that's true i I will attest to that (laughs) at the shows people ask work on your husband I can't pour a little in his coffee in the morning. <laughs> no, you cannot. It is made in a food grade factory, but it is not food grade. And we do not recommend, although there's nothing in it that could hurt you, we really, really strongly advise do not taste it. It tastes horrible anyway. It's fermented molasses. There's a reason why there is not a molasses based wine. Uh-huh. Yeah. It tastes terrible, but it works good. Yeah, well, I can attest to that. And Don, we really appreciate your having come on and join us here today at the Stressless Camping Podcast. Uh, any final tips you have for RVers or even RV parks? Well, the RV parks, we have parks up in, in uh, Colorado that are so high they can't pump the sledge out. And we treat the parks. They've got 500 units right on the headwaters of the Rio Grande. 
and we treat the parks every season. They have 46,000 gallon holding tanks and we control the sludge in those holding tanks by treating the tanks. This season we have 20 campers that are work campers there that are adding it through their units every week to keep the mother culture going. Instead of just pouring a bottle in, they pour it into their tank to start with and then empty it on Saturdays. 50 gallons of probiotics hits the uh, sump tank, which is 60 feet deep. So the other products that people are still using, are those hurting those kinds of systems? They are hurting the systems because the, the product doesn't leach out. It leaches into the ground and they're causing more problems than we want to talk about right now. But they don't hurt my product. And the reason for it is formaldehyde is the strongest one that is put out there. And then it's cousin Bronopol. When you put four ounces of formaldehyde in, you're going to put in a gallon of water the first time. So you just reduce that. Every time you flush the toilet, you're reducing its effectiveness because it's going to dilute out. It will very quick hit a dilution factor that is below what can kill my product. If you poured four ounces of formaldehyde straight into a tank with this, it would kill a little bit of the product. It would dilute out and the product will re-replicate anyway. It's just going to keep growing. So we're very, very strong. The the easiest way to to kill my product is to starve it. Set it in a glass of water and don't give it anything to eat. Then it's going to starve to death. You've activated it and it needs something to eat. And as long as it's got something to eat, it'll keep doing it until that tank is full. Awesome. Well, sounds good. And where can people find TankTexRx? At TankTexRx.com. We have free shipping. Or on Amazon, if you have Amazon Prime, we do a lot of business with Amazon. Super. And like I say, we heartily recommend it and really appreciate your having come and join us today. Yes, very much. Obviously, I'm a zealot for the product because it works so well. It kind of sets you free. I would say one thing for people that have fifth wheels, fifth wheel tanks almost always sag. You cannot empty them 100%. So you've always got a problem building up there. And if you use the chemicals, you're going to turn it into a rock. If you use the enzymes, you're going to turn it into paste. If you use tank text, you're going to turn it into water. And then when you do want to winterize, you're going to be able to rinse it all out. And it will not create the problems of the weight of all the other stuff that sludge creates. That's a great tip because we have a lot of people who listen with fifth wheels. We're in the process now of bringing out a whole product line of traveling with pets. We have a probiotic-based stain remover with a little bit of surfactant in it that will take the odor out. We have a waterless bath where you, you can spray the dog with the probiotics and it will actually be healthy for his coat and clean the coat. You don't have to get him soaking wet to do it. Just oh, nice. Spray and brush. Don, thank you again for your time this morning. It's been a pleasure meeting you here. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Thank you for the offer. Oh, my pleasure. Have a good day. All right. Thanks. Right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. We know lots of people who would love to try out stressless camping, but don't have an RV. That's why we love RV Share. It's a great way to test the waters without jumping in with both feet. With RV Share, you can rent other people's RVs so you can experience stressless camping firsthand. It's a great way to decide which RV is right for you. Try motorhomes, travel trailers, or fifth wheels and see what fits your lifestyle. And if you want a safe and secure way to make money with your RV, RV Share is the way to do that safe secure and a great way to start stressless camping so check out rv share on the discounts and deals page on our website today
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and I hope you're hungry. Well, not after that last segment. <laughs> Hopefully you're not grossed out by food, because that's what we're talking about. This week on The List, bum, bum, bum. we're going to talk about our favorite camping breakfast, which sometimes we eat for dinner like we did today. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Leftovers. If you don't know, we used to own a bed and breakfast called the Featherbed Railroad in Northern California, and it was made out of old vintage railroad cabooses. It's still there, and it's still really cool. Of course, we got a lot of practice making breakfast for people. Right. So we're going to share some of the, Some of these we've already talked about. Some of them we haven't. So, you know, they say, whoever they are, that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And I am all for that. I love breakfast. I love breakfast during breakfast. I love breakfast for brunch and I love breakfast for dinner. So why not talk about breakfast a little That's bit? That's right. Let's talk <laughs> breakfast. I think we've talked about our tripod that we put over our propane campfire. We have the propane campfire because there are more and more places that we end up where they say you can't bring wood or you just can't light a campfire at all. So we have our propane campfire and we use it a fair amount either for roasting marshmallows, telling ghost stories, or cooking dinner Absolutely. or breakfast. breakfast. This first one is one that we've talked about before. It's our sausage breakfast casserole that we got from the local book. And we have a recipe on our website for sausage breakfast casserole. We do make that in our cast iron skillet over our campfire. Not everything in this list is going to be about that, but just so happens that that one is. Yeah, and that's what we had for dinner, too. Leftovers. That is what we had for dinner. We made that mm-hmm. while we were camping, and we finished it off today. Yes, indeedy. The second one is one that... A lot of men are like, well, I don't eat that. Yeah. But you like cheese, right? You like eggs and you like pie crust. Real men do eat quiche. It's so cheese pie. So if you don't want to call it quiche, call it cheese pie because literally my quiche is almost all cheese. Yeah, and we have a <laughs> recipe for that, but it really is. It's a it's a lot of cheese and not a lot of eggs. So. so the good thing about quiche, as we put on our website, is that you can make it ahead of time. You can either make a full quiche or you can make it in like muffin tins so that they're individual servings make them ahead of time have them in the freezer that's a good idea even if you're not camping and you need a quick breakfast you can just take that out of the freezer and yeah you can make all different kinds yeah spinach ones are ones i like bacon ones of course it's good if you have a spinach one with bacon on the side (laughs) to each their own that's right well now we're going to make something that doesn't require a pan or anything like that you remember the grub stick right how can you forget the grub stick so we love making a grub stick hash brown sandwich and we use the preformed hash brown patties and some breakfast meat. We fry some eggs or maybe make kind of a big pan of scrambled eggs and cut it up to fit the sandwich. Yep. And cheese. Oh yeah. And don't forget the spicy hot mustard. That's right. Spicy hot mustard. We put that together as a sandwich in the grub stick square cage. Put it in the barbecue grill and warm it up. It's a huge hit. Yeah. And it, it barely fits in that cage. By yeah, the way. it does. It's a, it is, it's a tight squeeze. That's a lot of grub in that grub stick. <laughs> and also, we have a discount for them. <laughs> we do have. And you could also cook hot dogs over the fire with the grub stick. That's right. Or sausages. I mean, you know, those Idel sausages stick the grub stick hot dog cooker in them and bing, bang, boom. I mean, what the heck? You could slice up some Spam and put them in that cage too. What do you know, Spam? <laughs> Actually, I love Spam. Love Spam. 
Actually, hash brown sandwich with spam. Oh, hmm, yeah. you got me thinking. Spam, spam, <laughs> spam. All right, all right. Enough grub stick. Going back to the cast iron skillet over the fire, we talked before about making a German pancake or a Dutch baby with apples. Yeah, it, it was surprisingly, it worked well over the fire because I figure this is kind of one of those fragile baking things, but nope. Right, so if you've made one, you know that most of the time it comes out of the oven and it's big and puffy and then it pretty quickly deflates and that's just the nature of what it is and that's okay and it of course it did that even when we did it over the campfire but it tastes just as good and you put a little what i like to do is put some brown sugar and butter and cinnamon in the bottom of the pan first and kind of make a little caramel then throw some apples on top and then put the pancake mix over the top so then that caramely apple stuff is baked into it. And I want that and I'm full. <laughs> Tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> the nice thing is if you're traveling and there's a farmer's market, there may be apples and so you could get whatever apples are right. in season. Or pears. Yeah, that's true. Up where we live where our sticks and bricks is, there are a lot of pears grown and walnuts so you could throw some of those throw on some too. walnuts in there. What else would you put, audience of ours? Tell us what else you like to put in a Dutch baby or a German pancake. Because yeah. I'll try it. <laughs> yes, we will. Speaking of crowd-pleasing things, one of the things that we've done is the oatmeal bar, where basically someone in your group makes a whole bunch of oatmeal. And then if you have a group of people, they're invited to bring toppings. So that's... So it's sort of an oatmeal potluck, which yeah. is kind of fun because... Because we tend to put the same things in our oatmeal all the time, but when other people bring things that they think would be good, it gives you great ideas, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I never thought to put that in my oatmeal. What else can you put besides peanut butter? Bananas and raisins and... Raisins! Cinnamon and butter and... (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of breakfast bars, how about an omelet bar where you basically take plastic bags and then you have mixed eggs you know just basically blended up eggs uncooked eggs yeah correct and then you put like a scoop of those eggs in the bag and then you give people all kinds of toppings like you know spam right so they can ham. put their own toppings in the Spinach. bag and then you Cheese. cook it <laughs> tomatoes mushrooms escargot oh no not that okay now you've gone too far i know back in the black (laughs) tank all right so people can make their own omelets and then you have like a pot of boiling water and you boil i have not done this no but i've I've seen seen it it done a lot of times yeah and it's kind of a crowd pleaser because everyone can do what they want and if you only want to please tony no i'm kidding i'm kidding if you want to please all the english people oh yeah eggs (laughs) and beans on toast on toast (laughs) and we actually have that so the other day I uh, smoked some ribs, and boy, was it hard to find the rolling papers that big. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't just say that, did I? Anyway, I smoked some ribs and made some beans, and there's a recipe on our website for quick cooker beans. Say that three times fast. (laughs) Instead, I made sort of baked beans using bacon and brown sugar and that sort of thing. And then we had a bunch left over, and for whatever reason, we're like, hey, let's put it on toast with an egg. Yep. And it was good. It was pretty darn good. So one of those make-ahead breakfasts, basically, with the beans. And then another thing that we like to do, and we do this at home quite often, is we get the tube polenta, slice it up, and kind of lightly fry it. And then you can put some breakfast meat and a fried egg 
And I'm going to call it polenta benedict, which means, you know, maybe you should have a poached egg, but it's a lot easier to fry eggs when yeah. you're camping. And then get one of those packets of hollandaise sauce and make some hollandaise sauce and make yourself a polenta benedict. Or here's a thing you could do with that polenta. Polenta sausage gravy egg. Polenta country benedict. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of sausage gravy, that's another thing I like making at the campfire. It's really easy. You know, I don't, a lot of people say it's difficult. Nah. What I do is I just fry up some sausage, you know, the bulk sausage. Then you have sausage grease and hopefully you've saved a little bit of bacon grease from the past. Or butter. Why am I overweight? <laughs> oh, yeah. So then you just add flour to the sausage and grease. That's at least how I do it, which is sort of a roux. And then I add milk and just keep stirring until it's the consistency I want. Oh, and lots of pepper. Gotta have <laughs> lots of pepper. Yeah. And there you go. Gravy can be, of course, there's the typical biscuits and gravy. We did try to make rolled out cut biscuits one time. That was not a pretty morning. <laughs> no. That's hard to do in a small space, but you can do drop biscuits. You can do, you know, the canned already formed biscuits. You can put that gravy over polenta. You can put that gravy over those hash browns we talked about earlier. We did that recently. Yeah, so gravy is the universal You can put it over bread if you want, and not my favorite way because I don't like my bread soggy, but lots of people do. It's okay, everybody. I I like my bread soggy. Mm -mm. So just put gravy on the list and then just whatever. Whatever you've got, just pour gravy over it. <laughs> I'll just eat gravy in a cup. Yeah, <laughs> just have a cup of gravy, please. Like a cup of gravy? Oh, my gosh. And then don't forget to have some scrambled eggs on the side of that, because that's always real good. Yeah, scrambled eggs made with lots of butter. Yeah. Good thing I don't have a cardiologist, and good thing that <laughs> that cardiologist is not listening to this podcast. Right. <laughs> because they would be like, dude, what the heck? Stop it. <laughs> what in the wide, wide world of sports oh, going here on he here? <laughs> yeah. Well, so there we go. We got uh, some grub for Are you. Are you full? I am. Well, if you need to use the restroom, it's yeah. right over there. You, Don't worry about the tank. We've got it figured out. Yeah. Your breakfast feeds <laughs> the tank's lunch or whatever. <laughs> hey, uh, so I just updated our website again. And I put some tiles right on the homepage, so it's a little easier to find articles by category. So hopefully you like that. Did we leave your holding tanks empty, or are there still a tank load of questions that you have? Well, you can join our discussion on Facebook. And uh, while we're on the subject of the social media world, we are in all the social places. We are, and all you need to do is go to www.stresslesscamping.com and jump right off of there into all those social places. Absolutely. Fun, fun, fun. And don't forget to tell your friends or people you don't like even. Who cares? everybody. Yeah. We really appreciate (laughs) your telling others about this podcast. And based on the numbers, you have been. So I I want to say thank you. we really appreciate it. And one of the best ways to tell your friends is to write a review about our podcast. Then your friends, your family, your enemies, your neighbors, your everybody will get a chance to read that and spread the word about us. Someone you have never met will know about stressless camping because because of of you you are so awesome you're a hero absolutely get that cape (laughs) (laughs) and grab your rv or tent or sleeping bag or sleep under the stars and join us as a stressless camper because we want to say to you happy happy camping. camping we hope you learned a lot had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure 
We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!